You're listening to a podcast from the University of Warwick. This series was produced as part of the conference All Together Now, British Theatre After Multiculturalism. The conference was organised in collaboration with the British Theatre Consortium. In this episode, we hear from commentator David Aranovich, speaking as part of the panel discussion, Offending the Audience. David Aranovich assured me he was a great sweeper, um, and, and he's going to be that now at some pace. Okay. Um, yes, uh, everybody has been very patient. So uh, um, uh, let me just say one of the good things about coming last in a discussion like this is that you get to kind of incorporate elements of the things that you've heard which have uh, uh, interested you. Um, Keenan, you said at the beginning, um, we have never written plays and uh, etc. All I can say is you will. Um, I can be fairly sure about that. Um, and I'm also interested in the role of being fucked up the arse with barbed wire in Christian <laughs> eschatology. Um, missed that one, but maybe I'm not as well educated and as where I... Where was that? Where, where did that come in the show? <laughs> hey? Where, where was that? I can't remember where it was. Um, uh, many times. As no, I no, it was, it, was, it was saying that Jerry Springer would be punished by the devil by being fucked up the arse with barbed wire, yeah. which isn't really that different to things that you see on the roof of frescoes in Florence, uh, is it? Uh, honestly, not a criticism. No, it isn't. No, <laughs> no honestly. No, it's not, not at all different from uh, Hieronymus Bosch. Uh, it's absolutely true. Um, uh, the title of this thing, uh, of this session, is Offending the Audience. And I thought to myself when I looked at it, yeah, well, some of you should try it sometime. Um, because, on the whole, with the exception of some of the things that uh, Richard has done, most of the uh, plays that I've seen... Uh, carry favour with the actual audience that they've got, are in a sort of form of continuous and usually liberal guardian complicity with their audience, not to cause it discomfort, not to worry it, and so on, whilst producing, if it's on the social side, something that some critics somewhere will describe as a searing indictment, which is always a bad sign, and I make it a kind of Trump policy to try and avoid anything which is described as a searing indictment of anything. Um, because usually it is some form of intra-discussion between the playwright and the actual audience. Very, very little offence is ever caused to audiences. The offence is always what is imagined about people who are outside the theatre, uh, uh, effectively. And so what we're often talking about, really, is the way in which playwrights, actors and audiences co-imagine the externality, the external world, uh, as opposed to their own world. Uh, I would really like to see some more drama which really socked it to the actual audiences which are in the theatre and their presumptions uh, 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 and their situations. But before I get on to a bit more about, about that, I just want to say firstly, uh, well, maybe secondly really it is, that actually, of course, we're talking about things that are not easily subjected to total statements to a complete binary view. Let me give you an example. I'm a season ticket holder at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, which is one of the other sorts of theatre that we have going on in this country. <laughs> um, uh, Tottenham supporters call themselves yiddos. They've done it for years and years and years and years. Uh, it is an identification for some reason with uh, the Jewish community, but I have to emphasise that the majority of people who sing this and who say it about themselves are not Jewish. Um, they simply aren't. Um, they identify as attacked Jews. They will fly the Israeli flag, but I think only because it's the most convenient thing to hand with the Star of David in it. 
And in return, as you can imagine, some of the other uh, football clubs, uh, supporters, shout things about Yid's back. Now, in the Jewish Chronicle, raised a huge kind of uh, argument about this about a year ago, and, and it comes up again and again and again, about whether or not both sides should stop doing this thing. Somehow this thing should be accomplished, whereby it should be stopped. Because the saying of Yiddos by the Tottenham fans, by encouraging the Yiddos but the kind of negative cry coming back actually creates racism. Of course, the real problem is that none of it is about racism at all. There is no actual perception in any of this of actual Jews or metaphorical Jews or any Jews of any real kind. And therefore, the argument about it becomes entirely otiose. It has no real kind of function, yet people are determined. I think this is the point that Richard was also making about people, some people's determination to take offence by constructing a kind of, of making offence part of their identity. A lot of identity politics is constructed around the notion of grievance. A, a, an awful lot of it is. And of course, because we sometimes feel guilty about those elements of the grievance that we imagine to be justified and so on, we can become, if you like, kind of complicit in that notion of grievance, uh, which can sometimes be well based and can sometimes be badly based. But actually, what theatre audiences are shit at is actually sorting the one out from the other. They don't really have the intellectual self-confidence to do it, which is why Richard's players receive some of the kind of problems uh, that it's had, with some, with, with, particularly with some of the critics and some sections of the audience, because people actually don't really have the confidence to think for themselves in these situations. And actually, theatre audiences are not prepared, on the whole, to be offended. Let's also take another look at, the, at an aspect of this, which, which uh, part of the relativities. Why is it possible for Carol Churchill to write seven Jewish children when you know you cannot write seven Muslim children? Let's face it. Let's just go and stick it right the way out there. Uh, and so on. Of course, some people said she shouldn't have written seven Jewish children. The argument was made that it was, uh, was uh, anti-Semitic. Um, I don't know whether this corresponds to the notion of something being offensive, by the way, because people have lots of different ways of suggesting that you shouldn't do things which they don't want you to do, other than simply that of being offended. It is racist. It is incited. It may incite. One of the huge arguments about, uh, since we talked about it, about the question about the incitement of religious hatred, was not that it offended anybody. The issue was not supposed to be about offence. The issue was supposed to be about incitement and a definition of the notion of incitement. When the, the government uh, of Andhra Pradesh in India decided to ban the Da Vinci Code in Hyderabad on the very day I wanted to go and see it in Hyderabad. <laughs> they didn't just do it because of offence. They did it because in that country they believe that these things incite real people to do real things. Likewise, we begin to ask ourselves why it is possible to have a seven Jewish children because on the whole, maybe it's not going to be insightful. But why not seven Muslim children? Why not seven Afro-Caribbean children set in the same kind of a way? Um, you didn't talk about it today, Richard, but I first came across your name in a discussion about a discussion that had been held at the Royal Court, at which you talked about question, this, this very question. And you said that Carol Churchill had got up and said, disgustedly, you can't write things about Muslims because Muslims are oppressed all over the world. And that is, there is an element of truth to that. It is also true that Muslims oppress people all over the world, including other Muslims. 
Everybody gets a bit on the kind of oppression and uh, repression business uh, when they're in power. And there are plenty of Islamic countries and plenty of Muslim oppressors and so on. And the time is going to come very soon when probably a Muslim playwright tackles absolutely centrally the kind of conquest notion which is at the heart of Islam and goes back. And what are you going to do in that situation, when that situation develops, it's right, you're absolutely right, it's ripe to be done. It must be done uh, fairly soon, it will come soon. I was struck, and Kim, you must have felt this as well, when we had the programmes fairly recently, going back into the Sadanic Verses affair, and we were listening to people from um, various parts of the Muslim communities talking about their role and talking at the time, I was struck by their utter total failure to understand the society they were in. Not just that society's failure to understand them, but their complete lack of engagement with trying to understand where they were. It was interesting. It was a cultural truth which needed, at some sense, to be explored. If it can't necessarily and easily be explored by outside people, I can understand that. Then, nevertheless, it needs to be explored by somebody. And I want to come back at this point to uh, uh, the point that I was making earlier. When I see a play like the History Boys, which is a fine play and very funny. What I witnessed when I was sitting there amongst the audience was the audience taken, absolutely transported to and maintained within its ideological comfort zone. Even the very notion that a working-class boy could kind of transcend the circumstances and get to Oxford, etc., was regarded as a subject of some levity by the audience in that particular... What I'm telling you is that there was a whole lot of Guardian readers and liberals absorbing the most conservative social uh, agenda because it came from one of their own, not even noticed as conservative by them, not even kind of understood as being incredibly snobbish. Okay, you're not allowed to say this, by the way. So you know, because because actually, if you go to the National Theatre and somebody and stand up and say, "I think that Alan Bennett can be an incredibly snobbish little conservative," sometimes they will boo you off the stage. Uh, that is something that you that you can't do. It doesn't mean he's not a terrific playwright. It doesn't mean that I don't love his stuff, etc. It just means that there's a kind of truth there going on as well. And here comes the final point, really, from me. One of the things we know that we have a huge conflict, which the theatre is going to be part of which is between identity politics and, and the desire for individualism. You cannot now get away from the notion of being offended. I've had a really, I've had a really bad time within myself because of a site called Guido Forks. Why? Because Guido Forks has a comment section which routinely refer to me as a cunt. They do it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and so on. Now, my newspaper also has a comment central, and this regularly links to Guido Fawkes. So they link to a whole set of people calling one of their columnists a cunt. And for a month, or two months, I went around raging about this. I went around raging about it. It's going to be absolutely terrible. And then, to a week last week, the penny dropped with me. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. That, you know, I hold a certain degree of power. I have a certain kind of degree of, uh, uh, of, of you know, kind of situation here. I am counter-marginalised, uh, if you like, uh, and so on. And I suck it up. Uh, and we all have to suck it up. And if we are going to have an increasing amount of identity politics, 
if that identity is based significantly on the notion of grievance and offence as part of it, then the other great wave which animates society, which is at the, the right to say and do what you want, which will get us euthanasia and which will get us all kinds of other things, is in an absolute direct conflict. And the way in which we, the way in which we uh, if you like, kind of monitor that conflict and where we set the lines is going to be a pretty substantial feature of society in the next 10 years, not just in the theatre but outside it too. Thank you. This conference was supported by the School of Theatre Performance and Cultural Policy Studies at the University of Warwick, Warwick Arts Centre, the Humanities Research Centre at the University of Warwick, and the Department of Drama and Theatre at Royal Holloway.